0: Hey guys, the audio on this episode was a little rough. We've made some changes going forward to improve this. The episode is extremely important, so we appreciate you working with us. Cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the dime. I'm Ryan Fields, and with me as always is Kellen Finney. And this week we've got a very special guest, Damien Fagan, Chief Equity Officer for New York State Cannabis Management. Damien, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Talk to us about your role. How how did you get involved with the Office of, of Cannabis Management? And was it something that you saw? That was something that you always wanted to aspire to. Take us, take us to that. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty unique story, actually. So no, I, I did never pursued the position. I didn't really apply for it either. Um, it wasn't on my radar for a long time. I think because I was assuming, you know, the Office of Candidates Management, you know, the, the folks in Albany, they would, you know, put someone in the position who had 30 years of experience running so-and-so agency or had basically, uh, you know, paid their dues back in Albany to be appointed to this position. I was busy living my, my own life as a cannabis advocate and a nonprofit director in the South Bronx up until about March of this year. I got on a radio interview with a couple guys who are, you know, good friends of mine, mentors. They they have a radio show in Harlem, Curtis Archer and Bob Ponce, and so they put me on their radio show to talk cannabis. And so we had an hour and a half conversation about where the state was in terms of you know, rolling out its program and what that meant for you know, black economic development, black, black opportunity, social equity rollout. And that radio interview was heard by the majority leader, Crystal People Stokes, um, who as you know, many of you guys know, is you know, the, the sole and primary driver of the MRTA. And I got a, an invite to come meet her in Albany uh, a week after that. Uh, met with her for you know, about 90 minutes I completely just thought it was an opportunity to kind of share my ideas about what I thought the state could be doing before returning back to my job in the South Bronx and in Brooklyn uh, doing workforce development. But uh, I guess, you know, after that conversation, she was thinking differently about my future. And so... That's kind of how my name, you know, entered the conversation about the position. So let's talk about like your actual role from like a day-to-day standpoint. In layman's terms, for those who are unfamiliar, let's say with cannabis, you know, can you explain what your role is and and, and how your clients are handled uh, moving forward and getting the market to open up? Yeah, so, you know, I work, you know, hand in glove with Chris Alexander, our executive director and the cannabis control board and the advisory board to ensure that you know, the policies that we're implementing, the programs we're launching, the regulations we're writing are going to produce equitable outcomes. You know, I have the tough job of you know, ensuring that we live up to the high ideals of the MRTA. I mean, you read that document, and you're inspired, you know, I, I read it, I was inspired. I was like, the state's really going to do this? And the position, the chief equity officer position is really just uh, as, a, as, a, as not necessarily just a watchdog, but also a, a manager of those programs and those initiatives. And so a big part of my role at the moment is ensuring that the regulatory uh, framework that we're going to deploy over the next you know year creates equitable licensing, grants uh, for social equity businesses, uh, low interest loans that were also creating uh, incentives. Because uh, you know, another element of the chief equity officer role is economic development. Let's, let's start from the very beginning. Today is September 8th. What is the current status in New York? And then who has a first opportunity to go first? Well, yeah, I mean, so the industry, you know, the first conditional licenses that went out earlier this year were to the conditional uh, hemp farmers, the adult-use conditional cultivators. Uh, so right now we're at about maybe 240, 250 uh, conditional cultivators who are harvesting right now. or you know Many of them are harvesting over the next month the, the first legal cannabis crops in the state. Um, the next round of licensing we authorized were conditional processors who also came out of the hemp program and had been, in many cases, processing CBD uh, and making edibles, tinctures uh, in the CBD market. Over the last five years, and so we have about fifteen of those licensed now that are working with our AUCCs to, to convert that that raw material, that biomass, in, in most cases, into edibles and, and beverages and everything else. That, are. and then those products uh, will end up on the shelves of our next conditional license, which are the is the card program, and that's the conditional adult use retail uh, dispensary program that we are launching. That is probably the most innovative approach to. Social equity licensing and, and um, prioritization of, of people with you know individuals with marijuana related convictions uh, that we've seen in the nation and so those are the first licenses. So I guess now the most important question is: is there a date in mind, or most more importantly, will I be able to buy product here in New York before the end of the year? Man, I I, I go to sleep at night and I dream about that. <laughs> I really hope. Man. <laughs> I, I am I'm hopeful that we will have at least uh, a couple of stores with products on the shelves by the end of this year. Um, if not, you know, we'll have a lot, you know, a, do- a dozen, a couple dozen, you know, up to 50, hopefully the first half, um, the first quarter of next year. But yeah, the, the, the goal, the, the North Star is the first legal sale of adult use cannabis happening uh, by the end of this year. When you took the job, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? I think one thing that um, I'm going to be really proud of and, and we're, we're going to be announcing this, this soon is uh, we, we do plan on prioritizing those New Yorkers or, or, or working with those New Yorkers who have illicit, illicit cannabis experience to help them learn compliance issues help them transition <laughs> into the legal market. Um, that, that is something that is uh, near and dear to me. And it's something that you know, we have uh, a lot of people working on right now to, to, to roll out in the next month or so. 20 years from now, we will look back and say, that was barbaric. I can't believe we did that in the cannabis industry. What is that? Limited licensing. I think limited licensing models, markets are, are, are really, I don't know, kind of deeply un-American un- to me. Uh, I think that home grow should be a right for, for all Americans once we've got federal legalization. And uh, I think everyone um, who wants to start a cannabis business 20 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, and it's legal, they should be allowed to. Since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? This will make money. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, I think, I think that is something that is just like, it's. I don't know why we don't talk about that more publicly. I mean, we do. I mean, increasingly people are talking about that pretty publicly about how much money they're losing. But there is this you know, kind of speculative lottery-driven you know, I just got to win a license, and then a cha-ching! My pro former tells me I'm a millionaire next year. You could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation. What would it be? Do it because you love it, not because it's profit, not not because you're going to make money off of it. I mean, that's ultimately uh, what I'd say. Is all right. Prediction time. Five years from now, what does success look like for you, with in regards to the New York market? Five years from now. First, it looks like, you know, an industry that is uh, without compare in any other legal state. I think that what we want to build here ultimately um, is something that you can't find elsewhere. And so, you know, an example of that is Chinatown, right? Chinatown is, you know, hundreds of years old. It's a, it's a staple of Manhattan. It's, a, it's a, an incredibly vibrant community that's been there for many generations. Uh, and so often I think about what a dispensary looks like in Chinatown. Uh, that is owned by you know a Chinese American family that's been there for generations, and so you know ultimately you know we're looking at a dispensary that reflects those East Asian cultural traditions that that also have you know some elements of cannabis you know intertwined with that history, and that they you know are able to tell that cultural story that, that of their family and of their of their traditions and of their people through that dispensary through cannabis. Now, all of a sudden, we've got people from all over the country, East Asian, you know, everyone coming to Chinatown to see what cannabis looks like in that community. And even, you know, potentially people from East Asia coming out here and learning about cannabis uh, and, and, and what it means to, to, to that community in, in Chinatown. And, you know, that's, that's the industry that New York kind of deserves. For the listeners, if they want to get in touch, they want to learn more about New York cannabis and they likely want to apply for jobs, where can they find you? Canvas.ny.gov, All of our information is up there. Subscribe to our you know email updates. Uh, tap in, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yep.